Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast, coming to you on a beautiful Tuesday night, just 48 short hours away from the kickoff to the NFL season, is going to be the Bills taking on the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Should be a great game. I'm going to have some picks for you for that game, a couple of prop bets as well, and we're going to go through the entire week one slate. Coming at you solo this week, I did plan on having a couple of guests, but unfortunately some technical issues not letting that happen, but... Hopefully we'll have guests uh, for pretty much every other picks show that we're doing. Uh, it'd be nice to have some pushback on these. But as it is, I think I got some pretty good picks for you uh, for week one, starting with the Bills against the Rams. The Bills are favored in this one, surprisingly. Uh, a lot of home dogs this week. Ten home underdogs in week one, starting with this Thursday night game. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champion has been 14-2 and in home games since... 2004, basically since they started putting the defending Super Bowl champion in the opening game. Uh, there's two exceptions, of course, uh, 2019, that was Packers-Bears. I think they wanted to have something special for the 100th anniversary of the NFL that year, and then the year that the Ravens were unable to have their home game in Baltimore. So I took those two years out because it wasn't the Super Bowl champion playing at home. So 14-2, and two, the 16 years that the Super Bowl champion plays at home. I'm not betting against that trend. And the Rams are plus two and a half, so getting points on top of that trend. I just do not understand the Rams being an underdog here. Even just taking away, like you could say here and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, just as an arbitrary stat. Like one Super Bowl champion winning does not mean that the next one's going to do that. And and you're probably true. The Bills are a trendy pick this year. A lot of people picking them to win the Super Bowl. Remember, they are still without Tredavious White. And that is a big problem when you got Cooper Cup lining up on the other side. They have a below-average offensive line. Yes, they did a lot to revamp this team, bringing in Von Miller. You have Gabe Davis emerging. But they still have a pretty below-average offensive line, and that is a problem when you have Aaron Donald lining up on the other side of you. Uh, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey that they can throw at Stephon Diggs all night, and he really is the biggest weapon on that offense. So, really, when you look at the matchup, I think the Rams match up well. Uh, they, they have strengths where the Bills are weak, and I think that could spell trouble for them. I am all over the Rams, plus two and a half in this one. But it's the Thursday night game. It's the first game of the year, so you want a little more action than just on the side. And I'm going to give you a couple of great props here. I like Cooper Cup to have over seven catches in this one. Uh, you could look at the Super Bowl after Odo Beckham Jr. went out, and the entire defense was keyed on Cooper Cup, and he's just still found ways to get open. Add to that, as I said, no Tredavious White in this. When you put Allen Robinson in this offense, so you can't put all of your focus on Cooper Cup. I really like him to have over seven catches in this one. I think he has a big game. I'm seeing like an 11-catch, 150-yard night. Uh, as for a Bills prop, I really like Allen uh, Josh Allen, over six and a half rushing attempts. This offensive line is very bad, particularly on the interior. I think a normal run game is not going to work uh, against Aaron Donald up the middle here. So I think you're going to see a lot of that spread offense from the Bills where they basically use Josh Allen as their quarterback. They give him five wide and they let him operate as the running back. I think you could see him have 10-plus uh, carries in this one. So over six and a half, I think, is a pretty good bet. Uh, he had eight games over eight carries. He averaged seven and a half carries a game last year. So I think over six and a half is a pretty good bet. I also like him over 35 and a half pass attempts. You could sit here and say that's kind of counterintuitive that he's going to have passing and rushing attempts. But I think... They're eventually, 
they're going to hit a point in this game where they realize they got to funnel the entire offense through Josh Allen. We saw them do this against the Buccaneers last year, uh, two similar type of teams, uh, particularly up front. So I think that's what you're going to see happen here. So Josh Allen over passing attempts and over rush attempts. So you might be able to get pretty good odds on that in a parlay. And as I said, I like the Rams plus two and a half as well. I really don't have too strong of a lean on the over under here. I would I would lean towards the under slightly just because it's uh, sitting at 51 right now. And just because it's the opening game, there might be some jitters, you know, uh, stuff like that. So Rams plus two and a half, though, is my strongest lean on this play. That is going to take us to Sunday. And I'm, I kind of broke this out to uh, games that I was interested to watch. So I jumped back and forth between the one o'clock and the four o'clock games. But we're going to start with the Browns and the Panthers. This is a Baker Mayfield revenge game. Uh, the over-under sitting at 40.5. The Panthers, a 2.5-point favorite in this one. Jacoby Brissett looks like shit. There's no uh, <laughs> there's no sugarcoating, and he has looked absolutely terrible. And this dates back to the last time uh, that he played as well. He just has not looked good. Uh, on the other side, this Panthers offensive line still not great, but they have improved. You add Iki Akonwu. Uh, you already had Taylor Moten on, on the other tackle. So they're pretty good at the tackle positions now. Granted, the um, the interior is not great, but now you have a healthy CMC. You have a healthy DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson with a quarterback. I think you see him have a big bounce back here. I think Robbie Anderson kind of caught a bad rap last year because he was, I mean, <laughs> being on a team that's quarterbacked by Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, uh, it's not fun. Uh, Baker Mayfield might not light the world on fire, but he is a pro quarterback. He's better than both of those guys, and I think you see the Panthers have a bounce back this year, and I think they start with a win. I'm going to take the Panthers minus 2.5 here. I also like the over 40.5. You could sit here and say that both these teams are going to run the ball a lot, but I see Jacob Brissett turning the ball over quite a bit. That's going to lead to short fields for the Panthers. I think the Panthers win this game going away, so Panthers minus 2.5 over 40.5 are my plays for this one. That is going to take us to the Packers and the Vikings. The Vikings, a two-point favorite in this one. The over-under sitting at 47. And this is one of my favorite games on the card this week. I love the Vikings plus two in this one. I'm going to tell you why. This Vikings team, they improved at the top. Um, the roster isn't going to be much different, but the roster was already really, really good, particularly at the skill positions. You have Justin Jefferson. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Adam Thielen coming back. You have Irv Smith Jr., who I expect to make a huge leap. Kirk Cousins, you can say what you want about him. He is a serviceable quarterback. I think this team is going to make a huge leap just because they fired Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer was a terrible coach. Uh, you bring in Kevin O'Connell, who did a great job as the offensive coordinator with the Rams. You reunite him with Kirk Cousins. He was with Washington in 2017. Kirk's Last season in Washington, Kevin O'Connell was his quarterback's coach. These guys have worked together before. I think they rediscovered that rapport. I think the Vikings are going to have a big year. Now, I think the Packers are still eventually going to win this division, but when you look at it, the Packers starting on the road here, it's real easy to forget because Aaron Rodgers ended up winning the MVP, but week one last year, he looked absolutely wretched against the Saints in a 38-3 loss. It was his worst game of the year, and that's because Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason. He didn't play last preseason. He came into the, that first game against the Saints, the Packers get blown out 38-3. to He goes on to have an MVP season. I think you're going to see the same type of thing happen this year. Uh, this week one matchup is essentially Aaron Rodgers' preseason. We haven't seen him take the field. I think he's going to come out and, and look a little bit rusty to start. And I think the Vikings are going to take this one. And they need the game more, honestly. You're starting here all at home uh, against the team that you're going to be competing for the division with. Uh, you really have to jump out and win this one. So I think it's a more of an important game for the Vikings. And you also look at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I talked about him 
coming out a little rusty. He also has all new wide receivers to work into the field. So I think this could get a little bit ugly for the Packers early on. So give me the Vikings plus two. It is my favorite play of the week. And I'm also going to be teasing this game uh, with another one that we're going to mention earlier. I'm going to give out a teaser uh, every week, and we're going to track uh, track the record how that teaser does uh, week to week. So uh, that's going to be one leg of my teaser, and uh, we'll get to the other leg here in a little bit. That is going to take us to the Raiders taking on the Chargers. The Chargers are three and a half point favorite. The over-under sitting at 52 and a half. And this is a rematch of the season finale. One of the greatest games that I have ever watched. Uh, one of the greatest regular season games anyway. Almost ended in a tie. A tie would have put both teams in the playoffs. The Raiders ended up winning it in overtime. Just a crazy game. Justin Herbert conv- converting fourth down after fourth down on that last drive. Including a buzzer beater. Uh, to find the end zone to take the game to overtime. Just an absolutely incredible performance. Uh, He looks to build off of that, so he's shown all the tools to be a great quarterback. I really like the outlook of this Chargers team. They added a lot of pieces. Um, Staley, the head coach, is the only question mark. But then you look across the other side with the Raiders, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Josh McDaniels, he's going to come in and do great. And it seems like everybody forgot that Josh McDaniels already tried to be a head coach a decade ago and was absolutely terrible, 11-17 and 17, uh, with Denver. Just a terrible first stint as a head coach. Now, granted, it's been a decade. He's a different guy. He's learned a lot sitting behind Belichick. So it's not necessarily fair to say, oh, he's going to have that same result. But it's also not fair to say that he has a coaching advantage, I think, over over Brandon Staley. I think both coaches have something to prove. Uh, At the end of the day, the Chargers have the better roster. They have an improved defense. The Raiders, they added all these flashy pieces, but they still have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, I think, Bosa and Mack are going to feast. I think Derek Carr is going to be running for his life in this one. Give me the Chargers minus three and a half. And I also like the under 52 and a half. I know both of these offenses have a lot of pieces, but I think Derek Carr, as I said, is going to not have a lot of time to get rid of the ball. And I think the Chargers defense is going to keep the Raiders offense in check. So Chargers minus three and a half under 52 and a half are my plays for this one. That is going to take us to the Chiefs and Cardinals, and this line is moving. It was uh, Cardinals plus four and a half uh, just a couple of days ago. In fact, just yesterday. Now it is Cardinals plus six. So the Cardinals, one of those 10 home dogs that we touched on at the beginning of the podcast, the over-under in this one sitting at 53 and a half. Uh, I don't want to sugarcoat it. The Cardinals corners stink, full stop. They are not uh, they are decent enough defense up front. They have some good linebackers, good safeties. They have J.J. Watt. They have uh, some guys up front that you like, but they do not have very good corners, and I think the Ch- uh, Chiefs wide receivers are going to feast. Buda Baker is pretty good in his own right, but I think he's going to have his hands full with Travis Kelsey over the middle, so look out for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he has a big bounce back. I keep saying that he's going to have a huge bounce back here. Expect that to start here in Week 1 against these porous Cardinals cornerbacks. I think Patrick Mahomes and Juju connect early and often. So give me Juju uh, in all your daily fantasy lineups. And listen, it's week one. Another reason that I really like the Chiefs in this one is coaching. Coaching matters in week one. Having your guys ready is it's a sign of good coaching. And when you look at this coaching matchup, it's one of the best in the league versus one of the worst in the league. Andy Reid versus Cliff Kingsbury. I can't think of a... uh, a more one-sided coaching matchup. I mean, I know they exist, but this is right up there with the biggest one-sided coaching matchups that you're going to see in any given NFL season. So I'm all over the Chiefs in this one. The line moving does scare me. I think if you're going to put a good wager on this one, you kind of miss your window uh, 
when it was Chiefs only given four and a half, that, that was when you should have taken it. Now that it's up to six, I wouldn't suggest uh, laying a big wager. However, the Chiefs are going to be on all my money line parlays. I wouldn't mind playing them in a teaser either. Um, but my other teaser leg that I'm going to get to here uh, in a couple of games, and it's not this one. Uh, we're going to get to that one, as I said later on, the teaser leg that we're going to add to the Vikings. But if you wanted to put this one on your card, I would not blame you one bit. So uh, Chiefs minus six. Again, don't feel as good about it as I did at at, at uh, minus four and a half. But Chiefs minus six uh, would still be my play if I had to make one for this game. Uh, under 53 and a half as well. Uh, I just I think the Chiefs are going to light it up. I think they might put up 30 on their own. But I don't see this Cardinals offense doing too much, uh, particularly with the suspension for DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, I think it's going to take a little while for this offense to start to start gelling without him. That is going to take us to the Steelers taking on the Bengals. The Bengals, a six and a half point favorite in this one. The over/under sitting at forty-four and a half, and everyone is all over the Bengals. They're they're the you know, the hot team. They're the new kid on the block. Joe Burrow taking a team to the Super Bowl. The Steelers looked atrocious last year, and the Bengals blew the Steelers out twice last year. So real easy to say, oh man, I'm taking the Bengals. They only got to win by a touchdown. Pump the brakes on that one. This line stinks to high heaven because all those things said, you're thinking, oh man, the Bengals at home should be favored by by eight, nine points. You shouldn't. They're definitely going to win this game by a touchdown. We talked about Aaron Rodgers in week one last year. Flashback to Mike Tomlin in week one last year beating the Buffalo Bills. He, uh, this is another situation where Mike Tomlin is just a great coach. I'm always going to lean towards those great coaches and you're giving me six and a half points here. I am taking it. I think Tomlin is a, a better coach than anybody that he's going to go up against. He's going to take the air out of the ball. It's going to be Najee, Najee, Najee. This Bengals offensive line is improved, but still not great. I think T.J. Watt is going to terrorize Joe Burrow. Give me the Steelers plus six and a half, and I also like the under 44 and a half. As I said, I think Tomlin takes the air out of the ball. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think the Bengals likely win, but I think it's a three, maybe four-point win. I think you're looking at a, a 20 to 17 type game here. So Steelers plus six and a half and under 44 and a half are my plays for this one. That is going to take us to the Eagles taking on the Lions. The Lions, like four point underdog at home, yet another home dog. As I said, there are 10 of them. There's going to be a lot that we're going to get to here. The over under sitting at 48 and a half. As I touched on on my last podcast when we broke down the NFC East, I am incredibly high on this Philly team. They have an absolutely loaded roster outside of quarterback. And when you look back at last year, uh, I know I know that these teams are a little bit different, but it's they're not this much different to where you can you can't look to last Halloween when Philadelphia beat Detroit 44 to 6 and say, "Oh yeah, that doesn't mean anything." I think you're going to see a very similar type of game. I think Philly is going to struggle against teams that have a good pass rush. Um and I think that they're going to struggle against teams defensively against teams that have a good QB. The Lions have neither of those. I think the Eagles roll in this one. Give me the Eagles minus four. This line kind of stinks, but maybe it's that you're paying a hard knocks tax. I think a lot of people watch the Lions on hard knocks and they're like, oh yeah, this team's going to be great. I got I to gotta get a wager down on them. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. Eagles minus four is the play here. I also like the over 48 and a half. I think the Eagles could put that up on their own in this one. This Lions defense is pretty bad, but the offense is improved, which lends itself to the overhitting as well. This Lions offense should be improved, adding some good pieces so maybe they can put some points up and help push this thing over. That is going to take us to the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. The Dolphins, a three and a half point favorite at home in this one. The over-under sitting at 46 and a half. And this sounds almost blasphemous to say, but Bill Belichick 
he is bad at roster building at this point. It's kind of like the if the Patriots are a family and they have a granddad that used to be like a, a a Formula One driver, but now he's getting so old that he you know he's drifting at intersection. It's like, look, granddad, we gotta we gotta take the keys away, man. You can't drive anymore. And Bill Belichick's like, what are you talking about? I'm a freaking Formula. I'm a I used to be a Formula One driver. I, you can't take my my keys away. It is time to take the keys away from Bill Belichick. He does not know how to build a roster anymore. And, like, the Patriots just constantly miss on draft picks. They constantly miss in free agency. I saw a stat the other day. The the Patriots are spending more money on their wide receiver and tight end rooms, basically pass catchers. They're spending more money on pass catchers this year than any other team in the league. And they don't have a number one pass catcher. They're spending more money than anyone in the league. You have Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, this team, Devontae Parker, like you can't be spending that much money and that's your wide receiver room. That is just poor roster management. And that's Bill Belichick. And at some point you have to, you know, call it as it is. He's the one of the greatest coaches, probably the greatest coach in the history of the league. But, man, he has done a bad job with this team as of late. The Dolphins on the other side absolutely crushed the offseason, added some pieces around two. I actually kind of think a little bit of a conspiracy theory. That roster kind of looks like it was built for Tom Brady. Uh, so I think maybe the Dolphins thought they were getting Brady uh, when they found out the Bucks weren't going to let that happen, it's like, all right, fine, we'll uh, we'll let Tua roll with, you know, we'll give Tua the keys to this Ferrari with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert and all, you know, all these new offensive line pieces. But either way, I think the Dolphins are the better team here, so I'm taking the Dolphins minus three and a half in this one. I also like under 46 and a half. I don't think this Patriots offense is going to be able to put up many points at all. So Dolphins minus three and a half, under 46 and a half are my plays. For this one. That is going to take us to the other half of my teaser leg that I referenced earlier. It is the Ravens taking on the Jets. The Jets yet another home dog plus seven at home for this one. The over under sitting at 43 and a half. And I've I've said it on previous podcasts before. I'm I'm expecting big things from the Ravens this year. A bounce back year for Malar for Lamar, excuse me. This Ravens team just injury plagued last year. Now they're healthy. I love only laying a touchdown here, even though it, this is a really low total at 43.5. I generally don't like laying seven points with a team with a game with a total this low, but I think this game is over as well. I think uh, you see the Ravens get close to this total on their own. I think this offense is going to be humming early on. I love Lamar Jackson this year. I love Mark Andrews this year. I have pieces of both of them in my fantasy leagues. I think they're both going to have big years. So I don't mind laying the touchdown here. I like the Ravens minus seven. I like the over 43 and a half. My favorite thing to do is to tease this game with the Viking Viking game that I mentioned earlier. So you're teasing the Vikings up from plus two to plus eight. And then you're teasing this one from Ravens minus seven to Ravens minus one. So that is my favorite teaser leg this week. And that is going to be my teaser play for this week. I'm going to give one out every week. We'll track the record of that play as we go through the season. That is going to take us to our next game. It is the Jaguars taking on the Commanders. The Commanders are two and a half point favorite at home in this one. The over-under sitting at 43 and a half. This Jags defense just got finished terrorizing Carson Wentz back in week 18, denying the Colts a playoff spot. Carson Wentz coming to a new team week one. He's got to go back and see that same defense. Not that the Jaguars defense lights the road on fire, but we saw them have some some randomly good performances, not just against the Colts. Remember, they beat the Bills as well, held them to, I think, nine points in that game. So this Jags defense uh, can be sneaky good. 
and you look back to that game, uh, Carson Wentz had a better offensive line and better running game uh, with that Colts team and could not figure out this Jags defense. You could argue that he has better wide receivers now. And, you know, okay, yeah, I could I could see that. But you look at the other side for the Jaguars, a big coaching upgrade. I mean, you get rid of Urban Meyer. I don't care who you, you could be bringing me in, and it would be an upgrade. Urban Meyer was just an absolute cancer as a head coach. But you're not bringing me in. You're bringing in Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach. I think he's going to do great things. I think you see a big leak from Trevor Lawrence this year. You add a couple of weapons for him. Yes, they overpay for Christian Kirk, but he's still the best wide receiver on the team, better than any wide receiver they have last year. You add his old teammate, Travis Etienne, uh, catching passes out of the backfield. I like the outlook for this Jaguars team. This game is really, really tough to call because I, I, I talked about this with Jesse on my last podcast when we broke down the Commander's season. They're one of the toughest teams for me to call because I was all in on Carson Wentz last year. I was all in on the Colts last year. When we, we did our Super Bowl draft, the Colts were the first team I picked. I was like, man, I love this roster. You had Carson Wentz to it. They finally have a quarterback. Are you kidding me? And he just burned me so bad last year that I just can't see him as anything but a bad quarterback anymore. And part of me is like, man, he used to be really good. He can turn it around. He can turn it around. But you're going to have to show me. So I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take the Jags plus two and a half here. It's not my favorite play of the week, but... I twist my arm, make a pick on the game. I'm going to take the Jags plus two and a half in this one. That takes us to the 49ers taking on the Bears. The Bears, a seven-point underdog at home in this one. They over-under sitting at 41 and a half. And this is a game with two second-year quarterbacks that are both very talented, but both very raw and unproven. Uh, the difference is the 49ers have a fantastic ro- roster around Trey Lance, and the Bears have a pitiful roster around Justin Fields. I take that back. They have a pitiful offense around Justin Fields. The Bears still do have a pretty good defenses. They have killed it uh, in the draft lately, and they have some really good players on their defense that not necessarily household names. But if you watched the Bears at all last year, they still have some pretty good players on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side for the 49ers, I said they do have a good roster, and they do, but they did lose two starting interior linemen, so I think the running game is going to take a hit this year. I I talked about laying a lot of points in a game with a low total, and that is coming up here, and I'm not breaking that rule in this one. I'm going to close my eyes and, like, ugh, it does not taste very good, but give me the Bears plus seven. I know the Bears might be one of the worst teams in the league. If things go right for the 49ers, they could be one of the best teams in the league and a Super Bowl contender. But right out of the gate for Trey Lance, I don't see the offense doing too much. I don't think the Bears are going to win this game. Let's let's start with that. But uh, giving seven points in a game with a total of 41.5, I think, is just too rich for my blood. So again, not my favorite play on the board, but I'll take the Bears plus seven in this one. That is going to take us to the Saints taking on the Falcons. The Falcons, a five-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. As I said, ten home dogs. There's going to be a lot of them. The over-under sitting at 42 the Falcons, I keep talking about these cornerbacks, are two of my favorite players in the league, A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward, but this defense does not have much else. Uh, the Saints have kind of made Jameis Winston a more cautious quarterback. I know he's kind of got the reputation as this you know, risk-taker, interception thrower, but in the games that he's played with the Saints, he's definitely toned that down, so I think you see a big game from Alvin Kamara in this one. As I said, the Falcons strong at, at corner, so I don't think he's you see Jameis throwing down the field, throwing outside too much. I think you see Alvin Kamara uh, getting used a lot. The Falcons are pretty weak up front, so you see a lot of Kamara getting runs, a lot of Kamara uh, catching passes out of the backfield as well. 
On the other side, Marcus Mariota's first game in a new offense. I think you'll see him pretty pretty conservative as well. So my favorite play in this one is actually the under. I like under 42 in this one. Uh, twist my arm, make a pick on the game. I guess I'll take the Saints plus five and a, uh, minus the five and a half, but not my favorite play on the board. My favorite play for this game is going to be under 42. That is going to take us to the Colts taking on the Texans, yet another home dog. The Texans, a seven-point underdog in this one, the over-under sitting at 46. And for the Colts, it is their fifth straight season with a new starting quarterback, uh, starting with the retirement of Andrew Luck, just completely threw this team in disarray. They've been through Jacoby Brissett, through Phillip Rivers, through Carson Wentz. Now they're coming in. Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback. And say what you want about Matt Ryan, he is consistent. Uh, he's never had less than 60% completion percentage. He's even in the lean years with the Falcons towards the end there. I think that was more on them than it was on him. They never really put a team around him. You sit here and say, oh yeah, he had weapons. He's always had Calvin Ridley. He had Julio Jones. But the Falcons never really had a good offensive line. The one year that they did, uh, Matt Ryan won an MVP and took them to a Super Bowl. So I don't think that he is that type of quarterback anymore, but he's still a solid quarterback and he's going to be more consistent than Carson Wentz. Not as talented, maybe as Carson Wentz, but that's not what you need. When you're the Colts and you have this amazing roster with an incredible defense, an incredible running game, an incredible offensive line, you just need consistency at the quarterback position, and that is what Matt Ryan is going to give them. So I really want to say that the Colts roll in this one, but I just keep closing my eyes, and I'm just seeing this weird week one, this stupid weird week one game where Everybody's eliminator pool is on the line because the Texans are beating the Colts 24 to 21 in the fourth quarter. Uh, I can't unsee it. And for some reason, I call it a gut feeling. I'm taking the Texans plus seven. Call me absolutely insane. I love the Colts this year. I think they win this game. I think the Texans compete in this one. It's week one. Some weird stuff is going to happen. Matt Ryan getting acclimated to a new offense. Uh, Davis Mills returning to his offense so I think he's got a little bit of a leg up there call me crazy I'm taking the Texans plus seven uh that scenario I just laid out let's say that Matty Ice scores a touchdown and they win the game 28 to 24 in the end but so so I guess I'm also taking over 46 uh given that I've already laid out my prediction for the game so Texans plus seven over 46 for this one again not my favorite plays and not really like a uh any reasoning other than I just have a strange feeling about the game that is going to take us to the Giants taking on the Titans the Titans a five and a half point favorite in this one the over under sitting at 43 and a half the Giants have holes in their secondary we talked about this with uh with Joey DeBerry on the last podcast they have some holes at corner but the Titans really don't have anybody that's going to be able to exploit that so I think you're going to see two run-heavy teams in this one, a healthy Saquon Barkley, a healthy Derrick Henry on the other side for the Titans. So, I th- And I think you kind of have two similar quarterbacks as well. You consider and say, oh, Ryan Tannehill is, is more talented or better than Daniel Jones, but I think they're two pretty similar quarterbacks. They're built the same. Their play styles are the same. They're both more mobile than you think. Uh, but I just I don't see either one of them leading their team to prosperity. But as for this week... I guess give me the Giants plus five and a half because I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring slugfest type of game. So also give me the under 43 and a half in this one as well. That is going to do it for the day games. I'm going to take a quick break here and come back and break down Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football. 
Welcome back. Two more games to get to, and one of them is the most important game of the week. Don't get it twisted. The Buccaneers taking on my Dallas Cowboys, America's team. The Cowboys are two-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. Makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, the over-under sending at 51. Some weird stuff going on with Tom Brady, man. He's separated from Giselle. They're both, you know, they're living in different houses. I really think that he wanted to play somewhere else, either San Francisco or Miami, and the Bucks were like, screw you, you're coming back here if you're playing at all. They got injuries on that offensive line, but somehow they're still favored. I just do not get it. I think Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are absolutely going to feast on that decimated offensive line and and Tom Brady. Give me my Dallas Cowboys plus two and a half. I do like the under 51 in this one, however. I talked about their offensive line. Our, our offensive line, Tyron Smith, is busted up as well. So I think you see Ezekiel Elliott used as that sixth offensive lineman left in the block a lot of times, and it's got to slow the offense down a little bit. But I think the defense is the strength of the team this year. So um, I'm seeing a 24-21 to 21 Cowboys win in this one. So give me the Cowboys plus two and a half and under 51, and if you're feeling froggy about it, you know, throw a little sprinkle on the Cowboys' money line as well. Uh, We're going to wrap things up with Monday Night Football. It is the Broncos taking on the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. His first game, not starting for the Seattle Seahawks, is going to be against the Seattle Seahawks, the place where he quarterbacked for 10 years. Uh, A lot of people are thinking this is going to be a, uh, a Seahawks revenge game. They're like, oh yeah, let's uh, Seahawks money line or, you know, Seahawks plus six and a half. Uh, by the way, the spread in this one, uh, Seahawks six and a half point underdog at home. The last of our 10 home underdogs, the over under sitting at 44. I don't see that happening at all. There's nobody on the Seahawks team that wants to stick it to Russell Wilson. Seattle loves Russell Wilson. It's going to be nothing but a love fest when he comes back. Maybe if there was like a member of the Legion of Boom still left on the defense, if Bobby Wagner was still there, Cam Chancellor or something like that, maybe I'd say, oh, yeah, they want to stick it to Russell Wilson. All those young guys that are on that team, now none of them want to want to stick it to Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson definitely wants to go back to Seattle and put on a show. I guarantee you that. I think the Broncos whitewash the Seahawks in this one. I'm talking about like a 45-10 to 10 type game. So give me the Broncos all day, minus 6.5 in this one. And I like the over 44, too. As I said, I think the Broncos might up, might put up 44 points on their own in this one. Uh, so Broncos, again, minus 6.5 over 44. Uh, that is my pick for Monday Night Football. So just to recap, uh, going through all of the games, I like the Rams on opening night plus 2.5. I like the Panthers minus 2.5 against the Browns. One of my favorite plays of the week and my uh, well, I guess we'll add the teaser in at the end. My favorite play of the week, the Vikings plus two against the Packers. I like the Chargers minus three and a half against the Raiders. I like the Chiefs minus six against the Cardinals. I like the Steelers plus six and a half against the Bengals. I like the Eagles minus four against the Lions. I like the Dolphins minus three against the Patriots. I like the Ravens minus seven against the Jets, and that is the second half of my teaser. So those two games we just talked about, my my favorite teaser of the week is Vikings tease to plus eight and Ravens tease to minus one. That is my teaser of the week. I like the, well, I took the Jags plus two and a half. It's not my favorite play in the world. I like the Bears plus seven against the 49ers. I 
like the under 42 uh, in the Saints-Falcons game. That is my official play for that game. But if you're going to twist my arm and make me pick a side, I will say Saints plus five and a half in that one. My upset pick of the week is the Texans plus seven. I don't think they win the game outright, but I think they do cover their... Uh, call me crazy. I like the Giants plus five and a half against the Titans. I like my Cowboys plus two and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I also like under 51 in that one. And finally, I like the Broncos minus six and a half over the Seahawks. And I also like the over 44 in that one. That is going to do it for my picks and that is going to do it for the podcast. Again, I apologize for not having a guest this week. I fully planned on it. Uh, as it was, the technical difficulties did not allow for that. But In the future, hopefully, these pick shows will have guests on them. We'll get those things sorted out. Also, as we go through the season, so next Tuesday, we will have another show, but I'm not going to be going through all of week two on that show. I will have a breakdown of week one plus a Thursday night preview, much like I did last year. So next week, you'll see a show on Tuesday that will be a breakdown of what happened in week one and a preview of Thursday night football. And then on Friday, we will drop a show for the rest of week two. And that is the format that we will follow for the entire season. So uh, first pick show of the year. Uh, Didn't plan on doing it alone, but hopefully I gave out some winners and hopefully you still enjoyed the podcast. So until next week, guys, thanks for listening and let's go week one. Cannot wait to watch some football. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Thanks again for listening.